continue to talk um, about uh, the work you've done in her life. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, would you uh, just share a little bit about your uh, religious background uh, growing up? Uh, I was raised Catholic, and my parents weren't real strict um, about um, with it just to receive the, um, the sacraments. Um, I received confirmation and then was really free to do whatever I wanted to do. And, but I also had a really searching heart where I, I wanted to know who God was, the truth. I wanted to know what my purpose was in life. And I also wanted to know what, what life was like after this life. And that's when I really was searching, started my search. So you were even, even younger growing up, you were on this search, search for God. I'd say in my high school days and stuff, my, my brother and I were very close in um, communicating our questioning and our, our questioning spirit that we had. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be, as you know, talking about uh, New Ageism today, and uh, that's something that, uh, that Grace was uh, involved with and was introduced to. So could you tell us just a little bit more about how you got introduced um, to the worldview of, of New Ageism and got involved um, in that? There were two specific things that I started doing. Was I, I was introduced to Hinduism and had gone to Hindu temples. And I was also interested, which I'll, I'll go back with that, that that really wasn't that far of a jump from Catholicism because there was statues, um, there was kneeling or laying face down in front of deities and statues um, in Hinduism. There were prayer beads, um, incense. Um, the thing that I was drawn to most about Hinduism is the, the joy that they had about singing and praising and dancing around um, for God. And so that, that really wasn't that far of a, a jump for me. Uh, the, the other um, aspect, uh, the other place that I went to was a, a place called Unity. It was called Unity Center for Positive Living. And coming out of Catholicism, um, they, since I didn't really know the full gospel of Jesus, I only felt like I was this lowly sinner, that I was just doomed to just be just sinning, like I didn't know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. So when I went to unity, there was no sin, there was no hell, um, there was a, just an all-loving God, and that was so attractive too. So that, um, that, that was that journey that I went on to go into those two specific um, paths. One of the things you mentioned uh, to me is in your search, you were, there were some common denominators of the things that you were in the various different beliefs, whether it was uh, Buddhism or Hinduism, and that you were specifically searching for what uh, what was common and not what was different. Right. right. I wanted to see what the common denominator, how could there be all these religions and all these theories and philosophies and, and what would be the common denominator for everything. So that was my search, was really wanting to know what the similarities were and not the differences. And, and I would find certain similarities, but then there were a lot of differences. Right. Yeah. Right. So how... 
how would you describe then what, um, what New Ageism is? And, and again, we're, we're not asking from the standpoint of, of providing like a, a doctrinal treatise on it. This mm-hmm. is really more on your, your exposure, your experience, and your understanding mm-hmm. of, of what it was what it is. Yeah, and having like 30 plus years in, in my search, uh, I was introduced to a lot of different things and I didn't um, practice all of them or study all of them, but I was definitely introduced or knew people that were involved in different things. So one it would be um, the God is in everything, God is everything, and that you can pray to whatever you want to pray to. So if you wanted to pray to nature, you want to pray to gods and goddesses, you want to pray to um, uh, ascended masters, angels, you you could, whatever. So you cherry-picked everything. Um, Healing and self-help was was a big thing in New Age. Um, There's like astrology, horoscopes, you know, looking for answers in psychics and just going outside of... Jesus was where uh, the the enemy would just want you to always be, just searching, and the searching really was like a hamster wheel. The more you searched, or the more you looked, the more rabbit holes you can go down. So there, it was so broad, and because of that broad path, and that's where once I did become saved, that I really recognized what a broad path this is, and, and that I was on. And, and how it, it wasn't real stable. Nothing gave me that stability to say that this is what I believe. It was always still questioning, searching. And the idea of all paths leading yes. to God as well, right? All paths lead to God. There was reincarnation. There was karma. Um, you know, you can count on crystals to help you I mean it just was and the all paths lead to God is that because there was no sin no, you didn't really think that you needed a savior and so everything everybody would go to heaven and whatever whatever picture that would be for you everybody made up their own you make up your own whatever works for you one of the things you mentioned <clears throat> to me is just how important in, in this uh, belief system or worldview, how, how important positive thinking is and that uh, the car- there's like a cardinal, from your perspective, yeah. there's a cardinal sin of New Agers. What, what is that? Uh, negative thinking. Because if you're creating your own reality, then you need to think positive all the time. Don't think negative or you're going to have bad stuff happen to you. It's that law of attraction that um, was, is, is a big part of New Age. Okay. Um, so you, you were also, because of this experience and your search, you were deeply involved in some uh, New Age, specific New Age practices. Uh, could you just share a little bit uh, about that? And again, the purpose of that is for her to be able to be sharing some of the things that God really has saved her from, but also the depth in which you were you were involved in mm-hmm. in this worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was uh, being a Reiki master teacher, so I taught stuff. I was involved with the Course in Miracles, which was another thing that I found through Unity, 
Um, and unity is also non-denominational but Christian-based. And so... Um, but didn't really no, consider it a church, right? No, not, no, no. It was like when I was there, it was called a center for positive living. Okay. And it would cherry pick the Bible and um, also make it more about you rather than about Jesus. And so anyway, I, I, was, um, I did do some classes. I had a lot of classes um, that I facilitated with The Course in Miracles and then other, um, other teachings. I would, be, we, I would have groups at my home. And, you know, in the 90s, I had three different classes uh, g- going a week. <laughs> so... Believe me, I've repented over all of the stuff I've done. <laughs> and you were, you were trained. You were like a, a, a minister, correct? Yes. I, I went to an interfaith ministerial school in 2009 and was ordained as an interfaith minister, uh, well, 2007 to 2009. So that was a study of all the major religions. And again, you're, part of your testimony is that you were doing these things, but... Your goal in doing them was not to dishonor God. You Correct. were doing it because you thought it was helping you uh, know God better. Yes. And you want, right? You were trying yeah. to please God through it. I would not think that I was doing anything wrong or being against what God um, would want of me. And, and I thought I was helping. I really did. And, and that's what New Agers really are, are there with a, a, a heart that wants to help. What, uh, what, what was a, an appealing uh, aspect of this uh, worldview for you personally? It's one of the things that kind of drew you in uh, to it. Well, because of it being a community, a big community, where uh, so many people were searching, that uh, I felt that with, over time with some of the training that I had that I was actually able to help people. And uh, it really was quite a community of sharing thoughts and ideas and searching together. Yeah, so part, part of it was an actual search for community mm-hmm. and, and finding that in this. Yep. So what then caused the, 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 the starting of you to, to doubt um, what it is that you were hearing and considering then the validity of, of uh, just another idea? But what started that kind of doubt for you? Um, I would say like maybe around 2016, 17, I was really just still confused and still like not being able to bridge the gap between all these different things, all these different religions and philosophies and practices that I, I just kept saying, and, and even at my groups, I would say something is missing Something is missing. And, and even during this time, I still, I even had a group once a month that would, of women that would come over to watch Joyce Meyer. And if anything, she kind of kept me in with Jesus. And so I was trying to reconcile in my mind, how does all this connect and how does this all work? So I, I just kept saying, something's missing. I'm, I'm not able to have a solid foundation of what to believe in. Okay. When, as part of your searching, when you, you talked about being invited to a, a Bible study, can you talk to us about, about yes. that? 
Yeah, um, I did get to meet uh, Liz Parrish, and she's here today. She comes to fellowship, and she invited, we ended up meeting, we had a lot of conversations together, and she knew where I was coming from, and I knew where she was coming from, and I thought, okay, that's, that's cool. Um, and you knew she was a, 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 a born-again yes, Christian? Yes, okay. I did, yeah. And, uh, and really, if I can back it up from my past, I didn't want to be one of those because of experiences that I had with family members um, that were very judgmental. And I thought, I, I don't want any of that. And plus, I, from my Catholicism, my Catholic background, I really felt like I knew who Jesus was and I wasn't encouraged to read the Bible. So I, I didn't feel like I needed to search there. Uh, but after Liz had invited me to a Bible study, I thought, well, sure, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> Why Just, not, right? <clears throat> so um, so there, there I went to the study. And, and that's part of the all paths lead to God. This correct. Is another path. Correct. Yes. Yep. So um, at, that, at that Bible study, you, were, uh, you, you heard the passage, uh, Deuteronomy 18, 10 to 12. Um, anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens or a medium or a wizard or a necromancer, whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord. That, that text, that, that scripture really, really convicted you, really impacted it you. It did. Talk about that. It did. Um, because I, I mean, I dabbled in little different things like that, that it was interesting to find out. Every, everything was really going and outside of um, yourself, but then it was also said to go into yourself to find the truth, and you'd go to other people, and you'd have, um, there was one woman from the New Age um, Doreen Virtue and she had her angel cards so she was always working for that she thought was for God and she had a year before my um, born again moment that she had given her life to Christ and she was very popular and um, so it was stuff like that that knowing that even if you think that it's good obviously it's not and that that really hit home and, and also different passages about idols, false idols and statues. And that, that let me know too that that was wrong. How did that impact you? You were, you were really impacted by the, by the word of God. I really was. I, I, I think, well, because it was so different than everything else, where there were guidelines, there were things that God loved and God hated, that in New Age, there, you don't use the word hate either. That, that would be negative. So uh, when I was reading words that were God's words, like it, it, it shocked me and put me into a place of, like, I'm, I'm wrong. And I actually broke out into a sweat because I thought, now what do I do with all this from 30 years? Now how do I dismantle my mind and, and all these other beliefs and claim that everything else is wrong? Wow, that... Right, so you were getting hit with the truth, but also the way you've been living throughout your life and what, what does this mean now? Yeah. So, so talk then about your... Uh, your born again moment, the moment where it it started to uh, like it really hit you that that this was more than just truth you were hearing 
you were coming, you were realizing that you were meeting the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, can you talk about that? Yes, yeah. It, um, it was maybe around the third um, Bible study that I, I, I think it, I, I just wish I could remember exactly, but John 10 was they, um, they, what, uh, they hear my, I, I my know sheep it's, hear it's, my yes, voice my sheep and hear I know them voice. and they follow me. That got me. That somehow in my spirit, in my soul, I just heard him and I just knew it was, this was the truth. And, and that, that was my born again moment, really, was knowing that there is a God who is alive and reading and studying the Bible further was that he knows me, knows me by name. Um, it's personal. It's a personal relationship that a lot of new age, it's not personal. Um, and, and this was God and how he died for me and loves me and died for me anyway, knowing everything that, realizing that I, I was, was sinful and he died for me and loves me and that and, and I heard him and he was calling me. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Let's give glory to God for that. Um, so not only was that text a powerful text, obviously also that Deuteronomy passage, but um, what about the, uh, the true gospel of Jesus Christ really drew, drew you in. I remember you talking um, about how the saving grace of Jesus was just something that really struck you. Mm -hmm. Yes, when I really, like, I, I think that I, I always wanted to have some sort of, again, a solid foundation to, to stand on and to believe in and wanted guidelines. I, I didn't feel like having everything being a buffet and everything being just pick my own reality and pick my own heaven and pick my own God was it. And when really realizing what Jesus had done for me and in saving and um, making me, you know, just showing me who he is in his word, I just wanted to know more, and my searching had stopped outside of anything else other than God's word, and that, that to me, his, his saving grace is what brings me to a place of where I don't even know how to put into words my gratitude, but it usually comes out of my eyes than, rather than <laughs> my mouth, so I cry and, and it, you know, in thankfulness. Yeah. So. One of, the, one of the things that you had also mentioned to me was the fact that there, within this search for you, it was always searching, but you realize never finding. Right. And that was so different with your experience with, with Christ and the gospel. Yeah. Now I can rest and I can have peace. And, and that um, even though circumstances don't change in my life, I can still have 
peace in knowing that I can give everything to him and that I don't have to go outside of myself to look at other people for answers. Um, I, I look for guidance and from the elders who can help explain things biblically to me, but I'm not looking for answers outside in anything else like, you know, the Reiki or the card readers or astrology or anything else. Yeah. And now that, now that you have given your life to Christ and you, you have experienced these things in your past, you're pretty sensitive to avoiding those things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it goes off. The language is different. Um, I, I, for the beginning, especially, I was kind of speaking two different languages where the New Age people that I was friends with didn't understand my conversion and the, my new family didn't, of, of Christians didn't understand um, the, the language of New Age. So I, I did a lot of uh, YouTubing of like Doreen Virtue who had who had converted and uh, other New Agers who have uh, given their life to Christ and to see how they uh, maneuver and work through um, As you that say, un- disassemble. Disassembly, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, I know you are, you are extremely grateful for what it is that, that God and Christ has done um, in your life. And I know she wanted the opportunity to really just share that. Um, so you want to just share just how grateful you are to God for this, what he's done in your life? I, I, I can see so clearly of how I was on such a broad path that it was leading me right to destruction, right to hell. And, and if I didn't hear him or if I denied him, I don't know where I'd be. And, and in, with other religions, there's the reincarnation belief. So with me knowing who, who Christ is and knowing that my eternal salvation is um, with him, it, it's... It, it, I can't be more grateful. I, I, I don't even know how to express the gratitude that I have that he's taken me off that broad path and has, um, you know, I follow. I, I just want to follow him. And my, my, the, the path is narrow, but it's worth it. Amen. 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 Well, thank you again for, you. Uh, for taking the time to share your story uh, with us. And um, again, let's just thank Grace for coming up and, uh, and sharing with us. Thank you. Thank you. So awesome to hear uh, how God works in the lives of people. Amen. Um, so what I'd like to do uh, in the time that we have left is uh, I'd like to provide uh, some uh, more information to you uh, about uh, New Ageism uh, while also providing uh, some biblical truth to you. Uh, um, let me just start by saying, and, and I think some of this you can already, you can already tell from, after hearing from Grace, uh, that, that New Ageism is not easy to define. And, and the reason that is, is because it lacks a definitive set of, of core beliefs in the way that Christianity 
would have a, a definitive set of core uh, beliefs. Um, and also, for the purposes of our study uh, today, I, I'm referring to it and have been referring to it as New Ageism, but many, many who follow it wouldn't even necessarily refer to themselves that way. It's called now a lot of times New Spirituality. Um, it might even just be called spirituality, or I'm a very spiritual person. Um, it's been referred to as new consciousness, um, and, and in the past, even uh, transcendentalism. So you can kind of see how, how some of the different words have, have changed. But I wanted you to be aware of that, that not everyone who would even identify would say that this is how they would refer to themselves the, the worldview of New Ages, and that's what we've been talking about and we're going to be talking about. This is more than just, what I want to do is give you more than just a, a study on religions, but worldviews, things that permeate uh, the way that you think about the world impacts so much of what you do, how you live. This worldview of New Ageism does have some defining marks that I want to mention. And what's, the irony is that these defining marks aren't new. Uh, they're, they're not new. They're, so you have this new spirituality, new ageism, but it's not really new. They're actually ancient. Um, the worldview of new ageism is built on the foundation of three things I want to mention. One is, one is monism, uh, which is the belief that all is one. You heard that. Uh, pantheism, which, is, which says that all is God. Uh, you know, pan and, and then uh, theism, all God. Um, and mysticism, which is the experience of oneness with the divine. And so speaking from a worldview perspective, one could say that New Ageism is, is monistic, pantheistic, and then practices a religion of mysticism. And, and so why then would, would New Ageism uh, be confusing to Christians or potentially even appealing how could, we, how could we be confused by, uh, by something that is really nothing more than what you could describe as ancient paganism? Well, it's confusing and deceptive uh, today to, to, to people who are living today because it uses similar language. The language gets hard to, to differentiate. It speaks well, honestly, of Jesus and God. A new ager might be talking to you about Jesus and you might think, well, they seem to care and love Jesus the way that I do. And, and same with, uh, with you talking about God, but it's on the surface. And, and it seems similar to the Christian way of, of living because also there, it's, it's about being positive and being nice. And, and when you turn Christianity into that, it can seem the same. Obviously, Christianity is much more. In the 1999 movie, The Matrix, there's a, a boy in Buddhist robes. He's sitting in a meditative state, and he is bending spoons, and he's doing that by looking at them. And then the boy tells Neo, who's the main character, he says, don't try to bend the spoon. That's impossible. Instead, only try to realize the truth. And then Neo says, there is no spoon. He has this realization. This is classic New Ageism. New Ageism exploded in growth in the 90s. In 1993, the book The Celestine Prophecy was written. And it was the best-selling hardcover book for two years straight. The author, James Redfield, he wrote this. We are manifesting nothing less than a new world view that will flourish in the next millennium. And sadly, he was right about that. Not just a book but a book that he's establishing a worldview. 
I listed some other New Age influencers. We're going to put them here on the screen. Uh, this is not a, a, a total comprehensive list, but this list covers decades, and their influence, the influence of some of these writers and teachers has gone much further than you may have ever imagined. Just a little bit of research I did, many of these that you never heard of, uh, are, are influencing Hollywood. They're, some of them meet with some of the directors of, of movies and help shape those. Uh, this, they're very, very influential. I'll give you one example. One example is that Al Gore has gone on record to say how influenced he was by the writings of Marilyn Ferguson, and, uh, who's a New Ager and, uh, that promotes human spiritual interconnectedness with the earth. And so what happens is uh, there's, a, there's an understanding of, of the connectedness that humans have with the earth that really permeates his understanding of the environment. And so what, this is going to show you what worldviews do. They don't just shape uh, a, a religion. They shape how you see things. And I'm not bringing these out, and I won't, you won't hear anything in my tone that is going... Uh, to be in any way making fun of this. I don't want to do that. I don't want to approach it that way. I don't want any of us to. Uh, we want to learn and, and from these things, understand them and respond to them in a, a biblical, God-honoring way. Let me now move to the basics of New Ageism. Again, as I mentioned earlier, although most New Age adherents have minor differences in what they believe, these four areas that I'm going to present uh, they're, they're there and, and present in all New Age systems of belief. And I'm going to move through these quickly. The first one is this. Everything is consciousness. Everything is consciousness. Uh, Deepak Chopra, and I may not be, be pronouncing his name correctly, uh, who's quite influential in New Age circles, he lists the goal as pure consciousness. This is how he describes it, silent and peaceful, self-sufficient, awake, possessing infinite potential, self-organizing, spontaneous, dynamic, blissful, knowing, and whole. Eckhart Tolle, one of the world's most popular spiritual teachers, this guy's influenced many, many people who have influence in other areas. He wrote, when you become aligned with the whole, you become a conscious part of the interconnectedness of the whole and its purpose, the emergence of consciousness into this world. Everything is consciousness, but not just that, everything is God. That's the second. The God of New Ageism is not a personal God, it's a state of being. Understand that. It's not, a, not, the, not God in the way we understand God, but it's a state of being, the state of consciousness. And since we can all attain that, if we just allow it to happen, then actually I'm a God, you're a God, and we're all gods, really. We just have to attain this state of being. John White, another New Age, very influential writer, wrote, sooner or later, every human being will feel a call from the cosmos to ascend to godhood. And notice who the call is coming from in this statement. It's coming from the cosmos. What did we talk about last week? That cosmology, how important that is. Third, we see that consciousness can be grasped and perfection achieved. In Eckhart Tolle's book about the new earth, he equates the new heaven and the new earth that the scripture talks about Really, as more and more people actually coming into the light of consciousness. But that's not what the scripture is talking about. 
John White, again, he wrote this, the son of God is not Jesus, but our combined Christ consciousness. He also wrote the significance of incarnation and resurrection is not that Jesus was a human like us, but rather that we are gods like him. This is blasphemy. This is complete blasphemy, but this is what happens when you start to dig deeper underneath the surface of what just seems to be a positive way to live. Fourth, the purpose of life is to overcome individual self and ego and be lost in the universal self. And this is part of what you'll hear, this idea of overcoming your individual self and ego, which can sound to Christians like, oh, that's like denying self. But there's more of a goal there where a Christian is denying self to be made into the likeness of Christ. A new ager is denying the individual self to be lost in in the universal self. How is this accomplished? It's accomplished through spiritual disciplines. Yes, they have spiritual disciplines. Like yoga, which is part of their spiritual discipline. Meditation. We should, we should have no misunderstandings about this as Christians. Yoga is a pagan spiritual discipline. There's really no such thing as Christian yoga. Forgive me honestly for my bluntness, but that's like saying I only practice Christian witchcraft. Just, it's not Christian. It's, it, it is a way of, of, of allowing your body to take shapes that then in those shapes connect you with deity. But false deities. Reincarnation is another part of how this is accomplished. And that's the process by which the body passes away. The soul continues its quest for enlightenment in other forms. And reincarnation is how they teach you become free. Because each time you come back, you should be coming back more enlightened than you were before. And then this is where karma then comes in. And karma is the belief that good is returned to those who do good. And evil returned to those who do evil, either in this life or the next. Karma is not a Christian concept. Christians should not be referring to karma as something that actually exists and happens. It's a pagan belief. But it's become very common in our, in our American culture today. And then if you're progressing through reincarnation the way that you should, you can achieve nirvana which is that transcendent state of ultimate peace and ultimate happiness. And the way that you get that is by you achieve that through the release of your individual consciousness. You have finally come to the point where you, have, where you were able to release yourself from the individual consciousness and completely embrace this universal consciousness and entering this state of nirvana. I want to use now the rest of our time to clarify for you, because there's so much more uh, I could have gone into. The, 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 the difficult thing that's going to be throughout this series is not so much uh, is there material to share with you, but what do we leave out? Because there is so much. But let me, let me now clarify some biblical truths. What I'd like to do is share with you what the New Age worldview gets wrong. Start with God. They get God wrong. Instead of seeing the God of the universe as presented in the scriptures as a transcendent, all-powerful creator, it sees God as an impersonal state of divine being that humans can achieve. 
So New Ageism exchanges the truth about God for a lie about God. As Romans 1 teaches, instead of seeing God as a loving and personal God, a God that that knows things, a God that knows all things, and actually a God that can be known, and that invites us into a relationship to know him, New Ageism sees God as, again, as a state of consciousness. They need to hear what the people of Athens heard in Acts 17. I'll put it up on the screen for you to see. What therefore you worship is unknown. This I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind, all humanity, life and breath and everything. This is the God of the scriptures. What else does the New Age worldview get wrong? Revelation. New Ageism sees the revelation of God through scripture as nothing more than one of many holy books that you should be familiar with. Which, again, even in Grace's story, the invitation to a Bible study was, was, it was a, a not, not uh, for her a problem from the standpoint that, yes, another way for me to learn. They may even read and refer to the Bible, but they don't see the Holy Scriptures as God's complete, authoritative revelation to humanity. And that's what this is. God's complete, authoritative revelation to humanity. In fact, one New Age teacher explained that when Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God in Matthew 6, what he meant, what Jesus meant, is that everyone should seek the awareness of their own inner divinity. But that's not what he meant. That's the problem. The problem is it's not what he meant. He meant meant more than that. He explained what he meant. They don't see the scriptures as 2 Peter 1 states, which will again put on the screen for you to see, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. No prophecy of God was ever produced by humanity. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by who? The Holy Spirit of God. So different when we, when we think of revelation. Third, Jesus. They get Jesus wrong. New Ageism sees Jesus as a great man, an example. He's really more of an example for us to follow because he achieved what we all can achieve. See, they see Jesus as having achieved this, this state of being, this consciousness that, w- that is all uh, available to us. Some New Agers will distinguish the human Jesus from the divine Christ. Others will say that Jesus actually as a child traveled to India and learned from Hindu gurus. But they don't see Jesus as God himself the eternal son of God who became human flesh. They do not see him as humanity's substitutionary atonement who died on the cross to pay for the sins of humanity. They don't see him as savior. He is not our, he's not our means for repentance and forgiveness. They don't see him that way. They've robbed Jesus of his humanity, uh, of really what his humanity is, and his divinity, and his redemptive work on our behalf. 
They've rejected what John wrote in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. This is an eternal, we're talking about the eternal son. And then again, a reference to all that he has made, the creator. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. And fourth, humanity and salvation. In New Ageism, humanity is seen as having unlimited potential. Everything we need to achieve full enlightenment is within us, is, is what, they, what they teach. But the scripture teaches something else. The scripture says that we have all been born with a sinful nature. And there's something that the sinful nature does. It sins. It's like sometimes we get caught up in the sinful nature, we forget that we actually do stuff as a result of that, and that is it causes us to sin. And we've been born into a sinful state of rebellion against God. And here's the other thing. We can't solve that problem. That problem is not a problem any of us can solve no matter what it is we do. We can, we can spend our lives and commit our lives to being the best person possible, to never ever do one single thing for ourselves, but live every single minute uh, that we have, uh, that we're awake, every minute we give to someone else, and it would still not be enough. It wouldn't solve this problem. New Ageism doesn't see sin as a problem. We don't need salvation from sin, as Grace mentioned. We just need enlightenment to reach our full potential. And you can see this is a neo-Gnosticism, which again is not new in terms of the fact that this problem of Gnosticism was already brought up in the scriptures. Romans 5 says this, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, to all of us. Why? Because all sinned. This is the state that we are all in as, as human beings. And the only person capable of fixing that is the person of Jesus Christ who God sent in human flesh to be our sacrifice. But he's God in the flesh. So biblical Christianity and the gospel, only one that solves this problem. These are just a few of the major areas of Christian doctrine that New Ageism gets wrong. And so I want to encourage you all to use wisdom and discernment in determining what is truth and what is biblical and what is not. You, you shouldn't assume that if someone mentions God or Jesus or even the Bible, I've told you this before, but it's becoming more and more apparent in our culture and in our society. That doesn't mean it's biblical. And you, we, should be, we should avoid and we should be aware of new age language. Want to make that, make that clear. 
We should avoid and be aware of new age language like, like karma um, and uh, positive, negative energy statements. So like, like, first of all, when it comes to karma, it's not, it, it's become kind of common now in our society for something, you know, to happen. You'll, you'll, you'll see like even, if, even videos online, right? Well, someone cuts somebody off and then you know, at the next traffic light, like they get, they smash into something and somebody will put a video up and they'll be like, karma, right? And everyone's commenting, yeah, they got theirs. But as Christians, we can't accept that as, car- as karma, because it's, karma is something that, that is tied to a, a pagan belief system. And we shouldn't be speaking about it and acting in, in a way as if it's true. The same would be about positive and negative energy statements. You know, hey, I, just, I could really use your positive energy. Oh, you're just giving me negative energy right now. When Christians speak like this, you're, you're, confu- you're being confusing. You're not, because this is, this is new age language that's connected again to an understanding of, of what we're trying to do and our connectedness uh, with the earth and the state of being that we're trying to get to. Same with positive and negative thoughts. I'm sending positive thoughts your way. What does that mean? Outside of a new age philosophy, what does that mean? Rather, what you should say is I'm praying for you. I'm praying to the God of the universe to give you peace in your heart if you're struggling with anxiety. But I'm not going to send positive thoughts your way. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Other than to say it. You know, I'm not going to send negative thoughts. But I'm going to pray for you. Because we believe in a God. Right? We believe different things. So our language should express that. And when Christians adopt the language of society, we're confusing. We're not clarifying. And we, need to be, we need to be clear about these things. Same thing with saying things that one, you know, I'm at, I'm at, I'm at one uh, or I'm at peace with the universe. You know, that, that's, that's new age language. That, what, what does that mean? Christians, why, why would we say things like that? So if you go on a mountaintop and you're in this beautiful, you know, you're there at sunrise or sunset and, and you're having this incredible moment with God, you're not at one with, with the universe, you're, you're in communion with your God. And in in a place of solitude, you could speak to that. Be clear with your language. So we're not confusing, but we're clarifying the gospel. I want to close with Colossians 2.8, which we've mentioned before, and I think I'll mention it again throughout this series. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world. It seems like Paul might have known something here. Elemental spirits of the world. And look at what he says again. And not according to Christ. We are Christians. According to Christ the word of God according to Christ. We're not trying to look more and more like the world. We're trying to clarify the gospel and distinguish it from the world. What the, what the enemy is doing, what Satan is doing, is he is trying to muddy everything. He's trying to make it so that you can't tell what a Christian believes and what, what they're saying from anybody else so that a person can say, hey, I guess all of these different 
paths must go to the same place. We need to be the kind of witnesses that help clarify the gospel. So I pray that this, what you're learning even today and throughout the rest of this series will be helpful to you. And also, let me encourage all of you to be uh, praying for those who will be sharing because it's not easy for them to do, to come up here. And I've already heard from, from even from Grace and those that I've asked, as soon as you ask them and they agree, things start happening. And they're like, boy, ever since I said yes, and I've said, tell people and ask them to pray for you because you're going you're gonna to need it because you're coming up here. And this was a big step for Grace. This was a huge step. She shared how this is so different than even when she was baptized because now she's proclaiming the life change of God in her life, but wanted to do that. So let's be an encouragement to those who are, who are, who are doing this, who are taking that step of faith. It's not easy for them, but they want to do it because they want to glorify God. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you so much that you are a God who has revealed himself, that you're not a God that is hidden from us and that we have to search and try to find our way to you. But you have revealed yourself through the word of God, through the, through the prophecies that we see in the scriptures, through the teaching, and, uh, and through your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, when God himself came to earth and said, I'm going to show you who I am. Lord God, we are so thankful to you that you are a, a living God and that, uh, that we can serve you and honor you and worship you. Lord God, help us as believers to be the kind of witnesses that clarify the gospel to the world around us. May we be encouraged by the testimonies that we're going to be hearing of our brothers and sisters. And may it, may it give all of us courage to share our testimonies of the great work you've done in our life. And in doing so, help us to be clear about this gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray. We thank you, Lord God. May you receive the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.